0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. I am Minister Ginger London. Um, as you know, we have been doing celebrating women for the month of March, and we have been interviewing women entrepreneurs, women authors, uh, women in Christian ministry and in leadership, and also we've been interviewing women who have powerful testimonies about their life, and I'm so excited on uh, today because we have a very uh, special guest, and we're going to be dealing with an issue um, that um, is, a, is a little touching uh, for some people, and her name is Anita Fields, and she is uh, the author of... After the Affair, healing, uh, Emotional Healing God's Way. And so we're going to open up with prayer this morning, and then I'll give you a little uh, information about her, and then we're going to bring her on, and we're going to go on with the show. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this morning. We bless your name, O God. We honor you. Father, we pray, dear Lord, that everything that is said and done on the show this uh, today will be words on assignment, that nothing we say will be in flesh or incarnality, but Father, would be words that would be life-changing, that would impact those that have ears to hear what you're saying on this morning. I pray for Anita right now, that every word that comes off of her tongue, and as she talks about Herself, her ministry, her writings, Lord God, that Father that she would do it in a spirit of humility, but Father that she would do it with words that father that would draw people to her that have uh that need what she has. I thank you for this blessed opportunity. I pray for everyone that's listening live and by telephone in the name of Jesus amen well, good morning, Anita good morning, minister London thank
1: you for um the opportunity and I
0: appreciate that. Amen, amen. So I will give you guys a little uh, information about her. She is a Christian. She's a wife. She's a Christian counselor. She is um, a prophetic writer, uh, but uh, she is the author of um, "After the Affair: Emotional Healing God's Way." She's also the author of twelve books, including several collections of poetry. Uh, She is a passionate advocate for emotional, healthy covenant marriages. Uh, She attends Victory University and is is also a graduate of Liberty University with a degree in psychology and Christian counseling. And so we'll tell you a little bit um, later on how you can get in contact with her and what her website address is. And so we're just going to move right into uh, talking with her on this morning. So welcome once again, Arnita. Take a moment and tell us um, about yourself and share um, your testimony with us.
1: Wow. Um, Well, first of all, I am, um, once again, a transplant from um, the North, and I moved to the South in uh, 1988. And when I moved here, actually, I didn't really have an idea exactly uh, what my purpose was. Um, I had desired to become a doctor, but because I had a fear of blood, I didn't want to go to medical school. So once I moved to the South and spent some time with my mom and just learned a little bit about myself um, as I, you know, gave my life back to the Lord and began serving God with um, my heart, that's when God began to, you know, open up some things and to to lead me in um, a direction that um, was fitting for um, where he wanted to take me. And so as I began to go back to school, I began to um, write in some of my classes that um, I was a part of and, and that's when I fell back in love with writing And so I began to, you know, just writing little things um, off and on But um, many years later, I actually began to write you When know, I was going through a life change And I had been going through some issues um, in my own personal marriage And during that time, um, God began to really direct me to actually writing And I just would sit down and just would write for hours on in and at that time I didn't have a computer or a laptop or anything to type on so I actually hand wrote everything. Mm-hmm. And so I had notebooks upon notebooks of just writing. I'll just sit for hours and just write and write and um just would write poetry. I would write uh, uh um, little skits, I would write all kinds of things. But um I found my purpose, you know, in that writing and, and, and God just began to allow me to really express myself and a lot of times I would go back and read what I wrote, and I am like, wow, you know, where did this come from? And not knowing that that was a part of me that um, God desired to to come out. And many years later, uh, he began to direct me to uh, go back to school, to, uh, to, to major in um, psychology. And at the time, I was like, okay, well, this is not really, you know, something I'm familiar <laughs> with. And so, yeah, and so... I ended up getting to that field, and, and and sure enough, it turned out to be something that really uh, was very befitting to me.
0: Oh, absolutely! You know, um, you went to um, was it Liberty University, right? Which is a Christian university, and um, I went to Oral Robert's University, which is also a Christian university, and went and and got a master's in counseling. And one thing I learned going through that program is that um, sometimes as Uh, Anointed as we are And you know being called of God For certain things We still have a lot to learn About human behavior When you were studying Did you find that to be true
1: Yes I really did And it was amazing how I didn't you know When you get into something That God has truly purposed for you And you begin to connect with that thing You find out that you know You'll open your heart more readily To what it is that's before you and I find myself saying, "Okay, this is really something that I that was part of my um a uh, makeup growing up as a child, you know, where people were always drawn to me, or either people would just come sit down and they would just begin to talk and just pour out all their life mm-hmm. issues." And I always wonder why do people do that, and not knowing that that was really part of me, you know, you know, growing up as a child that people always were drawn to just sit and just talk, and I just allow people to just talk, you know and to, um, to to relieve themselves of, you know, whatever they were carrying. And so, you know, that just was a part of me, and it just, you know, when God opened my eyes to this is what I want you to do, that's when everything began to click with me.
0: Okay. So when you were going, I know this is, you know, a little bit off a little bit, but when you were going, um, when you went to psychology, you know, people coming to you and pouring out everything, um, when you went to school, um, what what did you learn about yourself? I mean, you know, when I went there, you know, even though I had been in ministry for a, couple, a few years, when I went there, I learned that I I just honestly did, you know, with everybody coming and you know, we say we're doing spiritual counseling in the church and we do, but I learned that there was still a, an element of why people do what they do, why they think the way they think, what is the um the effects of different um. Uh, Uh, Things that occur in life, for example, sexual abuse, physical abuse, what it actually could do to the mind, the mental, uh, the the mentality of a person who goes through it, you know, what happens to their emotions, you know, and then how all of that affects how they live. Did you you see that in uh, where you went, where you were studying, I should say?
1: deal with people and and so yeah, you get to see a lot, you know, as far as you know, um, you know the way people make up and why they keep repeating certain behaviors and just how they, you know, actually walk out their lives. And so you do see a lot, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of things are connected, you know, with the way that they think and in the way that they actually, you know, walk walk out life, you know, in their relationships with other people.
0: Okay, okay. Absolutely. So, um, tell us about your journey uh on becoming say a Christian counselor or a prophetic writer. Well,
1: I guess you can say that both uh, my journey as far as a, a writer and then as a counselor they were um they ran alongside one another. They actually okay. kind of came out at the same time. <laughs> so okay. They, yeah so uh, when I found my purpose, that's when God began to you know to give me a vision, and I wrote the vision that he um spoke to my heart on one day and um when he wanted me to go back to school and so I began the process of actually um going back and then you know um you know getting the train the proper training that I needed and then get a certification in you know certain areas and so I also when I was at um Liberty of University, I also was in another school as well and going back and getting, like, um, certification in biblical counseling and then also uh, deliverance counseling as well. Okay. And it was during the same time I also was beginning to to expound and begin to um, grow in um, the tribal assignment that God has given me as far as writing um, prophetically and um, writing um, words of wisdom and um, whatever he gives me to write to share with people. And so it's not... I don't write every day, all day. It's just Mm -hmm. whenever um, the Spirit of the Lord moves upon me, then that's when I sit and I actually write, you know, and then when I get a release, that's when I stop.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Okay, so, you know, your book, let's talk about your book for a few minutes, you know, After the Affair, Emotional Healing God's Way. So how did your book come about?
1: Well, um, my book actually came apart as, a part of my own personal testimony experiences in my own marriage as well as some um, um things that have happened along in uh, marriages that um were close to me. Um for many years um the Lord has always placed on my heart to I always kept a prayer journal for couples. And in this journal I just would, you know, have the couples and then I would actually pray over um, you know, um uh, pray for you know, each married couple that was in my family or close to me. And so I always had a heart for um seeing marriages to uh be you know, be whole and, and to operate and to walk in God's will. And so the book actually came apart from um what my husband and I both experienced in, in our own marriage and what we went through, um dealing with the uh the you know, um the adultery and also dealing with the forgiveness and, and coming together and being um reconnected and, 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 and being back in covenant with each other.
0: Okay, all right. And uh, and so th- through that, you know, how long did it take you to write write the book?
1: Um, it took really about two months um, mm-hmm. because I actually uh, began it actually as a, a testimony, and, and the Lord uh, didn't want me to go in that direction. He wanted me to be able to write something that would actually help other couples, whether it was uh, a couple reading it together or whether it was, was just one of the spouses reading it to, to where they can get help for themselves because a lot of times, We want to get help for a couple together, but you have to make sure that you're, you know, taking care of of yourself as an individual first before you can try to reach out to help your spouse. And so it's written in a way to where, you know, it can be read alone or it can be read in a group of people.
0: Okay. All right. And so um, you said it came as a result of something that you experienced. And so uh, is, is it the marriage that you're in now or a previous marriage?
1: Um, no, um, it's actually um in in the marriage that I'm in now. Okay. And my husband and I both um we went through uh, adultery in our marriage.
0: Okay. And so you know, if somebody reads your book, what is it that you would want them to learn or get from uh, reading uh, your book?
1: Well, the first thing that I um I desire for them personally to to get along with what God, you know, allowed for me to to release was that you can be healed, that you can be restored, and that your covenant can be um, renewed. That's it, but it's up to that individual and it's up to that couple. And so because not all couples are going to make the decision to say, okay, we're going to try this thing again. But it's up to you to what God is speaking to you concerning your own marriage. And so Mm -hmm. I just want people to be able to gather to know that, I can get healed and I can move past it, you know, and whatever the decision that you come up with, then right. that will, yeah, <laughs> how, you know how you're moving that thing.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because, you know, I think um, you hit it on the head right there, you know, with the, um, with the decision that you come up with has to be, uh, of course, we know um, a decision that we're led by the Spirit of God to make, but also it has to be a decision that really is most appropriate for your situation, you know, um I am I'm not sure I know if I have seen um uh, a different situations where there is there can be uh, a reconciliation and both people uh, get worked on or uh let's say uh the one who uh brought on the uh, was doing the betrayal agrees uh to some restoration um to a, a restoration plan, you know, and follow through on that and everything works out, you know, and then I've seen um situations where um, you know, there just was no bending, in, in you know, and the person continued and continued and continued, and we you have to make a, the, the other spouse has to make a tough decision. You know, you have to make a decision that is befitting for what um, that marriage is going through and what is most um, beneficial for you emotionally, psychologically. You know, they're not. Every adulterous situation is not going to end up in a reconciling manner. Some will actually end up, unfortunately, uh, in divorce. Have you found that in ministry or in counseling?
1: Um, yes, ma'am. Um, I guess just dealing from, you know, uh, couples outside of, um, you know, the professional arena, um, yes, I've noticed that it has been, you know, people that decided to say, okay, you know, I'm not willing to invest you know, the time or the energy in pursuing, you know, or uh, making sure that we walk through this process together. And so sometimes people just say, okay, that's it, (laughs) you know, and then they'll they'll walk away. But it's up to that individual, and, and, and that's something that I'll never tell a person, you know, this is what you should do. And the only thing that we should do is always direct that person back to Christ and then, you know, let them know that the decision that they make is something that's between them and the Father
0: okay and see that and i and i have heard different um uh perspectives on that you know i know i have people that are uh in uh ministry as well as in the professional uh, counseling arena and sometimes they take it you know they they do it on an individual basis but they do it based on what's going on at that time because when a person uh male or female is uh, dealing with that and if you have a spouse that is repeatedly doing that and has no um uh, there's no breaking, no intent to stop, then it, it it wears on that other spouse emotionally and psychologically. And so, I know coworkers, colleagues rather I should say, that would actually you know give some advice or give them some suggestions on you know uh, different um, ways they can make um, that. That that decision, you know, um, you because know, sometimes people are so wounded that, you know, they'll make a decision out of their pain and not necessarily out of being directed by God. And uh, they'll lock into that thinking, oh, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, and then it never gets better. So what would you say to a person who's struggling, like that pain is so bad that they really don't, they're not, their inner man isn't strong enough to really make uh, that decision. What would you say to that? To the woman that's listening to this show, that's like, I've been through this over and over again. He's not changing, and I just I don't know what else to do.
1: The first thing that I would say to that person is to to make sure that they get the help that they need for themselves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to make sure that they're okay and that their um, mental stability is in a place of wholeness. Um, that's really important um, when dealing with. Something that's repetitive and and you're not really seeing any results is just making sure that you're okay. You know, um, one of my favorite movies. Um, if you know, my me mentioning is um, Fireproof, and mm-hmm. one of the things that they uh, mention in the movie is that you should not leave your partner in a fire. But a lot of times, you know, you think about that weight that you're carrying and you're mm-hmm. pulling and you're you're struggling with this person and they don't want to help. Help you? You know they want to don't want to move in the process. Now for something like that, you definitely um, do suggest to that person that they get help for themselves and and get theirs get themselves to a safe place. You know, uh, and then maybe later on when yeah. they're strong enough, they can go back. You know, to retrieve their spouse. But for the meantime, first things first, take care of
0: yourself. Absolutely, I agree. You have to take care of yourself because we have no control over another person's actions or their will or even what they're thinking or, you know, uh, what they want to do. We have no control over that. But you do have control over what you do for yourself. And so if that's where you are in this, if you are a woman or even a man listening to this and you're going through this and it's really a heavy, heavy weight, as she said, you have to get to the place where you take care of yourself first. Because until you become strong in your inner spirit, in your inner man, you will not have the strength. To go back, reconcile. You won't. You won't really make godly decisions. You'll make them out of your pain. And sometimes when we make decisions out of our pain, or most of the time, they're never good decisions. And then when it doesn't work out the way you think or thought it was going to work out, then that's more pain because now you're even more hurt um, because you didn't get the um, the results that you wanted uh, from from that particular decision. So, um, what is the hardest for a spouse do you think uh, what is the hardest thing to get past when adultery has been committed
1: the first thing um, that really is a, I guess it's the most important one and that's the betrayal because it's a breaking of that trust it's a breaking mm-hmm. of that covenant um, and when that happens it really really causes a lot of um, emotional issues and a lot, uh, a lot of uh, psychological conflict within the mind of the person because they begin to, you know, go into other things and wondering why did this happen? How did this happen? You know, what did I do? And so when that betrayal and that um, breaking of that trust occurs, that's one of the hardest things, you know, because the first question that people ask is, why did you do this? Mm -hmm. You know, and so when that trust is broken, that's one of the major things, um, um,
0: one of the major hurdles that um, couples have to get past. Right, and, um, and what are some, that's only, you know, if you've seen this, When um, what are some of the reasons that the spouse who did the betraying, what are some of the reasons that they say in counseling is why they committed the adultery?
1: A lot of times it's because um lack of attention, that, that they're receiving, um, lack of respect. Uh, a lot of times um, that they feel that their spouse is not, you know, uh, you know, actually allowing for them to be a part of that marriage. Um, you may have uh, family members or people may allow for their parents or um, even their children to come first before their spouse. And so it could be a number of things. It could be uh, um, just a person dealing with unresolved issues from past mm-hmm. relationships, you know, and, and, and allow for those things. Um, to to carry over into the marriage. And so it could be a number of things. And Mm -hmm. so, but the first and foremost thing and why a person would look in another direction is because they feel a lack of respect and also um, that they're not being um, paid attention to.
0: Okay. Well, and I just recently, um, uh, I knew about this thing, but just recently ran into a couple and uh, the, I mean, as you say, it could be a number of reasons. Um, this particular particular reason was because they really wanted out of the marriage. And even though it was, you know, some twisted reason for wanting out, the other spouse wasn't hearing them. And so they kept saying that they want out, I want out, I want out, and the other spouse wasn't listening or thought they didn't mean it. And then what they did they, in their minds was like, okay, since me saying I don't want out is not working, then I'm going to go do something that I know will make you, you know, release me. And so they purposefully went and had an affair with someone because, in you know, everybody wants out pretty much, you know, in the initial knowing of it, Uh, you know, so she went and committed adultery because she wanted out of her marriage because when she got married, she didn't really get married to um, build a uh, a family or have, you know, a lifelong partner, build a family. She had uh, ulterior motives and a hidden agenda for getting married. And when that agenda was met, she actually said that she wanted out. You know, she wanted children. She wanted a house. She wanted the wedding. She just wanted, you know, the uh, the gifts, all that. I and mean, it sounds crazy, but and when all that was met, she wanted out, and the the person was, you know, was um, fighting for the marriage, if you will. And she kept saying it, and it just didn't, you know, the person was trying to keep it together, and she was like, no. And she actually went and committed adultery with someone if this is not if I, what i'm saying to you is not getting through to you then i'll go do something that i know will get through to you so have you ever seen that while you were
1: um, talking you know and it came back to my mind about regardless of what happens in the marriage if you notice that whenever uh adultery happens you notice that that always tends to be the thing that most couples decide that they want to get out of marriage. I mean, all other kind of issues can come in, you know, And but when that one thing happens, that seems to be the straw that breaks the, cam- breaks the camel's mm-hmm. back. And it's interesting um, when you said that 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 will be the main thing to get people to wake up, you know, and, and it's interesting how, um, you know, just um, committing that act will actually um, – call someone to say, Okay, this is it, you know. <laughs> I'm done, you know. And so yeah, that
0: that that was real interesting, but
1: yeah. That, yeah that is true. I think yeah. the number one thing <laughs> that
0: would you know break that covenant. Oh, absolutely, because if I go, you know, you know, I might uh can uh bear to some degree with your lying, I might can, you know, bear with you, um, working late hours, you know, uh bear with you uh just uh coming home uh you know, slouching on the couch, not doing anything, not helping out around the house, so, you know, I'll say something about it, but the minute that I find out that you have broken the sexual covenant in this marriage, it's a whole got a whole different view of this thing now. You know. And what I saw in the spouse that was betrayed, uh, what they have a tendency to do is they have a tendency to now try to start comparing themselves to the one that the person committed the adultery with. So, I mean, sometimes they still are not realistic, you know, or not, not say realistic, but they're not logical in processing, you know. This betrayal, this adultery thing, because now they go into uh, it must be the way I look, you know. Is she prettier than me, you know, or is he? Uh, what has he got that I doesn't, that I don't have, you know? I, put, I you know I I uh, pay the bills, I buy the groceries, I do. What is it that What is this guy? What does this guy have that I doesn't have? So then they get into that you know comparison mode instead of paying attention to what is going on in this uh, unit that caused this breaking. You know, this covenant break, you know, and a lot of what I saw in that situation was the spouse that had been betrayed against um, went into denial because he just did not want to believe that she would go be, you know, that that could be somebody else's, you know, she would want to be with, you know, and so he went into denial about the whole thing and even going into denial about it. What happened was her um tactics began to intensify. So, okay, this one episode of betrayal didn't work. So then it started be, uh, being, she intensified it. And she went from just, I'm going use screaming, just from stepping out on her spouse, she went to actually saying to his face, you know, I want you out of here so I can bring another man in here. That still didn't register. You know, so you people sometimes, because they don't want to actually deal with it, can go in denial. But that person that really wants out and they're going to those extremes, they will intensify that extreme just so they can bring home the point. And the point is, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. You know, that's not every case, but you do, you know, that one or two isolated incidents. Sometimes people use sexual affairs or sexual betrayal because they really want out of that marriage. And sometimes the spouse just doesn't want to let the person go. It's hard to come to terms with somebody, has, somebody initially used you <laughs> in marriage. Like I didn't really marry you because I wanted a marriage. I married you because I wanted a wedding or I wanted gifts, or, you know, I want to get pregnant and I didn't want to do it outside of marriage. So I married you to get pregnant, you know? So, uh i mean it's i've seen several different scenarios of the betrayal you know and I've, I've what do you say to the ones that actually um who's been betrayed who doesn't want to reconcile not the one that be, that did they had the affair but the one who uh was who the affair was committed against who has said this is it for me even if it was the first time you know i i just i don't want to reconcile
1: Well, the only thing I could really say to that person is the same thing I would say to someone that um, desires to uh, continue in their marriage. And the first thing first is make sure to take care of yourself before you go into and get involved in another relationship. Because once you've been betrayed, you have to get back to a place where you can trust. And if you're taking what you've gone through in your marriage and you go out and you get into other relationships and you haven't healed all the way, and you're going to take some of the, the behaviors that you've gone through, where you, the betray, where you, your trust was broken, and you're going to begin to go into another relationship, and you're not going to be able to to walk in trust fully with that person because you still haven't healed from what you've gone through. And so, first thing first is to take care of yourself. Make sure that you're healed, that you may hold, and that you also have um, um, walked in forgiveness and, and forgiving right. your um, spouse for what they have done. Whether they have come back to you to apologize or not, you right. to make sure you have your peace with God before you move forward. Because you can't take, you know, old residues of things into something new. Because it, it, it's just going to cause things to become, um, um, really bad, you know. So right, with first, first, you know, with that right, and take uh, care of you first.
0: Absolutely, you said something very crucial, and that's the the learn to, you know, you're gonna have to forgive. You know, even if the person doesn't come back to you, you might, in your mind, might be thinking, you know, well, he ought to apologize to me or she ought to apologize. They may never come back to apologize. But you must forgive because it's really not. I mean, you want to forgive them to release them because as long as you as long as you feel that they're indebted to you, that they owe you something, you're not going to be able to move on. And you're not going to take care of yourself and you're not going to get the healing that you need because you have decided that I'm not going to do anything until they come back and apologize Well, they may never show up. So you have to learn to forgive them in the spirit, you know, and spiritually and let it go. So far as um, being indebted to you, but you still may, when you're getting yourself together and um, getting your, uh, taking care of yourself uh, in that counseling session, as we said on another uh, radio interview, you may have to revisit something. In the past, to to identify some, you know, to be able to deal with it correctly so that you can uh, uh, release it completely uh, or get beyond it completely. But sometimes when we've been uh, hurt and betrayed, we feel like that person should apologize and they should, but they may never come back because depending on their mindset, he or she may not even think uh what they did is wrong. And if you got somebody who grew up and they were taught to do this, he might be saying something like, you know, well, I'm a man. That's what men do. You know, um, you know, or if they grew up with somebody whispering in the, in his ear telling him, "Man, it's okay to be married, but you know, a married man, it's okay for a married man to have a little something on the side." If he was taught that, he believes it. And so you, you know, you can't you just got to really forgive that person because uh until they decide to get themselves together until they decide to have their mindsets change, and uh, and all of that—it's nothing you can really do with them per se. Uh, so far as what they're thinking is and how they feel emotionally, but you can forgive and, and, and put yourself in a position um, to uh, to take care of yourself. So let's move uh, a little bit forward, and we'll come back to emotional healing. Let's talk about your prophetic writing. You know, tell us a little about a little. I know you said a little something. Do you have a t- some titles or uh, um, tell us about some of the f- prophetic writings that you've done?
1: Well, I do have a blog that I uh, write on um, at least once a month, and it is called A Poetic View. And it is a prophetic blog that um, I scribe on from time to time. And usually when I um, make an entry on the blog, it's usually, you know, after a time of prayer or at the time of passing when the Lord gives me something to share. And um, I try not to, you know, just write and just put things on there just to keep it, you know, current, Mm -hmm. but I have to be instructed to say, okay, this is something that he wants me to share. And so I I write on a a blog called A Poetic View, and then I also have another blog that I started on last year. It's called... um, um, Excuse me, I'm sorry. A scribe of the Lord, and so what I do on that specifically is things that that come directly um, from the from the Lord that He wants me to share, um, you know, intimately with um, the body of Christ as a whole. And so um, as I've been growing in this gift, uh, I, I had no idea that it was even in me, and just began to just um, spend time um, reading the Word of God and just just sitting before the Lord. And God and began to take my writing in a whole different direction because I actually started writing poetry. And, and I wrote poetry for a season, and he began to take me deeper into some other things uh, that, you know, he desires for me to, to write about. And so I usually just write, you know, words of wisdom. Uh, um, I may get a word of knowledge or something. Or I may have a a dream or a vision, and it he'll ask me to share most things I don't share. I just keep them in journals, but uh, the things that I am released to share um whether it's about you know um something dealing with our behavior or something dealing with you know walking in spiritual wholeness you know uh, um protecting your gifts or you know uh it was just a blog I did on um protecting your spiritual legacy, mm-hmm. and so it's just different things wherever he gives me to uh to write about. Uh, Whether it comes from a scripture or a time of prayer or fasting, then that's what I actually just write about, and so it's not something that I just pick up a pen and just sit down and start writing. It mm-hmm. actually comes a time of just sitting and waiting for the Lord to hear what He is you know speaking to my heart,
0: okay, all right um. Okay, so um, do you have anything for uh, the next maybe about 10 minutes or so uh, that you uh, would like to impart into uh, the hearing ear of the women that are listening who uh, just anything to help them uh, to impact their lives, to encourage them, uh, teach them uh, something, you know, that would help them as women? Oh, wow. Yes.
1: Actually, we (laughs) can talk a little bit. Okay. for a moment about just um, just knowing who you are and knowing your purpose as a woman before you connect with a, a man uh, um, as far as marriage is concerned, because knowing who you are and who you are, that is really, really important. And so, actually, I'm going to go to just a moment. Mm-hmm. I uh, wrote a book a couple years ago, and it was called Covenant Sisterhood. Okay, And in that book, it was t- talking about the relationship that we have with other women. And it's the story of um, Mary and Elizabeth. And it was during the time when Mary uh, first found out that uh, she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And she took a visit to her cousin Elizabeth because Elizabeth at that time was also pregnant herself. And so when Mary went to visit her, Mary was going not just to be a help, but actually God desired for her to go so that she could be poured into from her cousin, and so they were helpers to each other. And so covenant sisterhood was written to help women to learn how to go alongside their sisters, um, you know, in the body of Christ and learn how to walk as covenant sisters. And by doing so, it helped strengthen the relationship among women. Because when you're dealing with issues like adultery, um, you're dealing with issues like um, fornication and and, and, and different sexual sins, um, you know, in marriages, a lot of that begins with um, some of the behaviors that people go through even before they connect. And so as women, if we already know that we're whole, we already know who we are in Christ, if we already know what our purpose is, then when we get into a relationship and we connect with the man that God has sent to us to be connected to, then a lot of the issues that marriages go through, a lot of relationships and a lot of issues that we go through, a lot of those things would not really be happening because, number one, you know who you are. And so when someone comes to you and they want to, you know, invite you into a a relationship outside of their marriage, you're going to say no. Because you're going to say, number one, that I am a a daughter of the king. And so I should not even subscribe to this. You know, I don't want to take part in something that is going to, you know, bring me down. And so by knowing who you are, that will cut out on a whole lot of things. And so in the story of Covenant Sisterhood, what it does, it teaches you how to walk alongside with your sister and to help to birth forth in her the vision that God has placed within her. Say, for instance, You have a sister, and God has uh, given her something to do in the kingdom. And while you're waiting, as Mary did, for the birth of Jesus to come forth, she went alongside and she helped Elizabeth. And although we don't know all the details in the Word of God of all the things that Mary did, Mary was able to glean from Elizabeth because Elizabeth had been farther along in her pregnancy than Mary was. And so when you go alongside your sister, and you help her not for a uh, um selfish gain um not to be seen but to be a blessing to help your sister for forth the vision that God has placed down in her belly and so by allowing that vision to come forth and by assisting her, you're actually being able to glean something from your experience and so say for instance, your sister has a desire to to grow a, a a a flower business. And you don't know anything about flowers and neither does she. But as you two work together, you begin to help her along the way and say you may help her establish her business. You may go online, look up some things for her. Or you may say, Okay, I know this person that will be of assistance to you. And so by just helping and going along, it really teaches women how to number one communicate with each other. And it also teaches women how to actually be true friends with one mm-hmm. another. You know, and um, also teaches women how to um, just learn how to walk together in in, in a godly Christ-like manner. And so that's really important in relationships, you know, learning how to communicate, you know, learning how to walk together. And, And that's the same thing, you know, with marriage, that covenant relationship. You know, we're in covenant for a reason and for a purpose. And so when women walk together and they can uphold their sister, you know, with the right spirit. And help serve their sister and to help lift their sister up, that's really important, you know, and so um, that's what covenant' sister was about. you know it was about you know um showing us how to walk, you know in the manner which God has allowed for us to, you know, and it's not for selfish gain, it's not you know I helped her, you know this is something that you know you know this is what I want to see I want to see my sister to make it, I want to see my sister to grow, I want to see her to to blossom. You know, and when you see her blossoming, when you're helping her, then God is pouring back in you, you know, and He is giving to you those things that you need, and someone else is going to come along, and they're going to be a blessing to you, you know. It may be someone you know, it may not be someone you know, but that's what covenant is all about. You know, covenant is about a a bond, it's a trust, you know, and it's about, you know, um, being one, not just only with those, our brothers and sisters here, but being one with, with with God, because God has a covenant with us, you know, and just like the scripture says in Ecclesiastes, that a three-braided cord is not easily broken, and so by those cords being connected, they're interconnected together, and so when we're in covenant with people, you know, first we're in covenant with God, because he made a covenant with us, and then we're in covenant with our brothers and sisters, you know, and so by being in covenant and walking together, that what makes us grow, that what makes us more unified, you know, and it says how can two walk together unless they're in agreement, you know, and, and not only does that transfer to our relationship with our sisters, but it also transfers to our other relationships with the men that you know, that yeah. that we marry. And so that's really important to know how to walk in covenant with our sisters first. And then that, that will help build up stronger relationships. And if you won't have so many women get into relationships based on need, but they're actually getting these relationships because this man has been set aside for them, and they know that, you know, and they have a surety in their heart that this is the man, this is the boy that God has sent to me. And they won't, you know, try to compete with each other, get into other relationships or um, being that side woman in someone's marriage and thinking it's okay. So knowing who they are, knowing what their purpose to do in life, and learning how to walk in their sisters without competing, but learning how to walk alongside them in love, that really uh, allows for a place of um to be um to be fertilized, you know, to to where mm-hmm. relationships are really real, and so that's really important for women to to begin to look on the inside and to see where they're falling short. And I always look at the the other people on the outside, but look inward and say, okay, where am I missing God? Show me what I need to do. And so really covenant sisterhood was about just bringing women together to be healed of the, the issues and the things that we have gone through in the past and learning how to walk past that thing, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in love, and to walk in God's truth and to become true covenant sisters so that we can truly,
0: truly be, uh, you know, the daughters of uh, God that he desires for us to be. Amen, amen. You know, and it's so important, you know, that we uh, embrace each other as sisters. You know, um, a lot of times in our past, maybe somebody may have grown up in you know, uh, With family members or even friends, you know, telling us, oh, well, don't trust another woman and don't uh, watch, you know, don't let women get too close to you because they, you know, and so we don't know how to embrace each other, you know, because we've been taught that we're going to take something from each other. She wants your man, all this, she's jealous of you. And and that may be some small percentage of that, that may be true, depending on the character of the person, but we need to learn how to embrace each other, as you say, within a covenant sisterhood type thing when we are daughters of the king we have to learn how to embrace each other and compliment one another and as, uh, you mentioned about not being in competition and we talked about that on another radio show that we have to stop being in competition because when i'm in competition with you i don't see you as my sister in christ i don't see you as a, <laughs> i just don't i just see you as somebody i'm that i need to outdo you know or outshine and so um so i'm gonna um stay in that flow right there and uh, continue on and talk just a little bit about um, emotions. And uh, for those who are listening before we uh, wrap it up and talk to you a little bit about emotions and how important it is to get emotional healing um, uh, in your life, especially if you are uh, someone um, who, uh, a sister who has experienced betrayal in a marriage. And I want to encourage you uh, to go to our Arnita's site, and, um, and on her site, uh, am I correct, Anita, that they can purchase the book there or you have a link where they can get a copy of the book?
1: Yes, yes. It sure is, Ms. London. There is a, a link on the site, but then just click on, and it'll go to right directly to the site before them.
0: Okay. Okay. So for those of you, you know, just to kind of complement what she just taught us, I'm going to talk, give you a brief definition of emotion, uh, emotions. And uh, and just give you some points to remember, so that you can uh, begin to uh, um, say within yourself. It's very it's important that you become emotionally healed uh, from past hurts, hurts you're experiencing right now. You have to go through the healing process because you know um, when your emotions are all messed up, you know then your life is not lived in the uh, in the fullest way it's not you you don't live a fulfilled life you know the bible says there's a man thinketh in his heart you know so is he and the heart is the center core of who we are where our emotions are our thoughts are there our feelings are in our heart you know, in our hearts. And so you got to make sure that it's right. And Proverbs, it says to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs, the issues of life. So whatever is in your heart, that's what's going to come forth from you. So you really don't want bitterness, anger, you know, um, uh, frustration, uh, uh, resentment, unforgiveness—you don't want those those issues to be uh, flowing out of your heart because that's you know those are the the rivers of water that flow and there's nothing refreshing about somebody who doesn't know how to forgive or a bitter person or uh, a resentful person. There's nothing refreshing about those types of waters flowing from from your belly. And so uh, just a simple simple definition for emotions is a state of feeling you know so so how are you emotionally that means how are you feeling right now you know what's going on how do you feel about what just happened or what you found out how do you feel about um uh, the betrayal how do you feel about somebody you know um Uh, uh, talking about you? How do you feel about um, uh, things that that, uh, you're experiencing in your life right now? And so it's really the state that you are in emotionally. The state that you're in emotionally is determined by what you allow to influence your thinking. And so what do you think about it? Is betrayal good? Absolutely not. But to, what do you think about it as Arnita said? You know, do you think that your marriage can be reconciled? Do you think that it can be salvaged? Do you think that you can get beyond the affair? Do you think that um, there's hope for you in your hope for your marriage, even though there has been a betrayal, whether, whether you were betrayed against or you were the one doing the betray? What do you think about where you are right now in it and that is finding out that something has happened outside of this covenant that shouldn't have happened. So if you think that it's unreconcilable, then you won't reconcile. Unless there's been a mind shift change, a thinking you know, your your thought patterns have to change. If not, if you think this is it, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out, don't want to deal with nothing like this, then what's gonna happen is you're actually gonna be out. But if you think that there's hope for your marriage, if you're married to someone who um, has within them the inner strength, the inner inner ability to reconcile, uh, to ask, uh, to repent uh, before God and mean it and, and agree to not repeating that particular action then you may want to make sure that your thoughts are thoughts of reconciliation, thoughts of hope, thoughts, you know, uh, thoughts of uh, being uh, that your marriage is capable of becoming stronger, being healthier, being whole and healed. You have to believe that about your marriage. If you've got a mentality that all men are dogs, it's going to be hard for you to reconcile in your marriage. If you have a mentality that, you know, uh, he's no good, I want to be bothered, all that kind of stuff, if, if you can't uh, reframe your thinking, and take on the mind of Christ in a situation where your emotions have been damaged, then it's going to be hard uh, to reconcile. And um, and so uh, the state that you're in emotionally is determined by what you allow, uh, what you allow to influence your thinking. And so I'm going to give you some reasons why people. What 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 people do with their emotions? Number one, they they avoid them, and we know that. And I I gave you an example, you know, of one earlier. So if you're in that place, don't avoid avoid your emotions. It's painful. Somebody betrays you. It's painful. You have to recognize that it's painful. What what state am I in right now? I'm in a state of pain because I've been betrayed. You know. uh, The second one is they suppress them. They keep them down. They don't want to. You know, you don't want to talk about it. You're just gonna push them down, bury them deep down on the inside. But I can assure you, and I'm sure, or neither you can attest to this, people who are t- suppressed it, at some point, they come back up. You know, those emotions are going to surface back up in your life somewhere. So you can only suppress them so far. And um, if you suppress them too long, you very well may become bitter and angry about them. Because if nobody else knows that that feeling is inside of you, you know it because you're the one that put it down there to hide it. So I may not know it, but you will know that you've suppressed it. And then uh, number three, deny them. And I gave you an example of that. You know, you can't be in denial about this thing. You know, so if you've been emotionally, uh, uh, sexually, emotionally uh, betrayed, you can't be in denial about it. You have to say this has this has happened. And you, then you have to find, as she said, get the help that you need to be able to process this and get through it and come out victorious on the other end. Of this, and it may take as she said you may have to get uh not may you will have to get the some help um for yourself initially alone, you know you got to take care of yourself because until you can get it right, get yourself together behind this. you're not gonna be because you you know be able to go into a counseling session with your spouse and look at them through the eyes of christ you won't it won't happen, you'll look at them through anger, bitterness, resentful, mad, you know. You will use counseling to launch to lash out, you know. At this, get your healing first, then go in as a couple. Because while you're getting your healing, he could be in counseling individually, getting his own healing. So that when you come together, you got two healed people come together and not not one scoring person or betrayed person, and then the other person trying to make up for being tra- betraying the other person. And then uh, uh, number four, they wallow in them. So don't wallow. Your emotions, you know, don't have a pity party, you know, uh, you will cry, but don't um, use your tears as a um, to have a pity party to uh, present yourself, you know, as a victim uh, for the next two, three years, you know, on until you have been victimized, you have been betrayed, but don't waddle in that. At some point, you have to come out victorious in it. And so in order to do that, you have to allow those tears that you're sowing, you know, to come back with a, as a harvest of joy, you know. So you can't really just stay in the crying mode or the waddling mode or the victim mode, uh, the victim mentality. You have to come out of that. And then um, – one thing that you can do with your emotion that is most beneficial and that is you can let them be a learning experience to make um, um, some mid-course adjustments. And it's mid-course. Anytime you come into a situation where there's an affair or some type of betrayal in the in the marriage, you're not at a at a crossroad. You have to make some decisions. So if you have to learn, look, through, look at what's going on, glean, uh, go into the scriptures to apply the word of God to your situation and ask God to show you. You know, what adjustments have to be made in my life and in my marriage right now that will help me strengthen my marriage, if it's reconcilable, to help me reconcile so that we can be standing on the word of God and being led by the spirit of God. And as the woman of God said in, uh, earlier, and that is you have to be um, uh, willing to be led by God. Uh, and, and really, you have to make a decision that your marriage is worth fighting for. You know, you have to come to terms with that and come to an understanding about that. And so, you have to look at the whole picture and say, you know, what adjustments needs to, what, what adjustments need to be made right here. So, if your spouse is one that is. Uh, uh, acting out from some past hurt or some um, ungodly teachings that he may have received in his life before meeting you, then the adjustment that has to be made is that he has to be re-educated, or, you know, he has to, he has to now learn something new, got to learn the godly way, not the street way, not the uncle's way, but God's way of what he should do as a husband and who he should be in the marriage, uh, uh, in the marriage. And so, um, when you're talking about processing your emotions um, you want to uh make sure uh that you correctly identify them don't try to to misidentify if it, if it's painful or you're hurt or, um, you are angry about what you just found out, identify that because that's how you process that emotion. I'm angry about this. I'm mad. He should have never done this. I've, you know, I've been trying to make this marriage work. I've been faithful to him. You know, I've been faithful to her. Identify what that emotion is so that you can process it correctly, you know, and then you want to say, okay, you know, what is that, 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 um, that emotion saying to you, what is that message? You know, it's, it's more to the anger than just you being angry that he stepped out on you, you know, um, or she stepped out on you. What else is in that anger that look through there and find the message you're saying to yourself about your marriage, about your spouse, about this particular issue, because you may have a certain feeling about this issue that gets in the way. So maybe um, your mom or your dad. Um, uh, committed adultery, and it just caused just wreck ha wreaked havoc in the family you know, and so you may have a certain view or um, uh, position that you take on this issue right here, and that position may get in the way of you reconciling with um with your uh, with your spouse and then you want to make sure in processing it that you actually take some really uh some positive uh action steps. Um, in it, And the positive action steps can only be taken, as Anita said, is when you get yourself together, when you uh, go through your healing process, only then can you make good decisions, godly decisions, and only then can you take positive action steps. As long as you're wounded, hurt, bitter, resentful, and angry, you're going to do some things that you would not have normally done, and um, now you got to go back and try to re- uh, rectify all of that. You know, um, so uh, even in all of this hurt and pain, make sure that you get yourself. Take care of yourself. She said that more than one time. Take care of yourself first because um, uh, the state of being that you are in will determine how you handle and process this uh, after the affair, the emotions that come behind it. That's the only way you're going to come out of this thing God's way is if you get yourself healed first. You know, take care of yourself first. Um, in this and, um, and so we're going to go back, uh, to, um, talking to our special guests, but I want to, um, just take a quick, quick moment and, um, and tell you, uh, uh, when you're processing your emotions, go back over this for you again, make sure you correctly identify them, determine what the message is saying you know if i'm angry what is that anger saying you know if i'm hurt what is that message saying to me and then number 3 review uh take uh take positive actions and you can only do that when you've actually um uh healed and one that i i left out number 4 review solutions and options and that's what you want to do you you can look at something without making a decision w- review the solutions what are, what are some of the solution steps or solutions to this Situation in my life, and then what are some options that I have um, in this? You know what I'm saying. So you know some solutions to this, uh, um, as uh, the woman of God said, would be, for example, one would be go to counseling. That's a solution that we can go to. Go to individual counseling first, and then meet up at a certain point and do marriage counseling as a couple. Okay, what's an option? An option would be reconcile my marriage. You know, stay in my marriage. That's an option I have. The second option I may have would be to actually divorce. That you know, you have to make that a tough decision. A third option might be uh it might be a period of separation. I may need to separate so that I can get myself together and he can get himself together and then we could talk about reconciliation. Now I want to say this before we go back to the, the interview part. Um I learned um from a teaching from one of my um spiritual fathers is that whenever this kind of thing has occurred or any type of a betrayal of any sort has occurred. The one who has been betrayed, who has been betrayed is the one that actually uh, writes up or determines what the restoration plan is going to be. It's not the one who did the betrayal. That's one and, and I like that restoration plan where you write out what that person has to do to actually regain your trust, build trust again, you know, uh, uh, things that they have to uh, step action, steps that they, he or she has to take, you know to uh to reconcile or get back in good standing with you and and we don't know we know from a godly perspective you don't make people jump through hoops, but you do i you do outline what they need to do to build your trust again so if um uh if he's in the before when you in the in the part of the betrayals it was he wasn't coming home to ten eleven o'clock from work at night then uh, an example of a restoration plan would be if you're going to be working late. Um, that you would call, and that you would not work late past eight p m you would come- you know you would call on your way home and you would come straight home unless you stop you know unless you're stopping at a grocery store or something that you know and a person who wants to reconcile and wants that marriage to work, he or she will follow that restoration plan if they want to uh, accept, uh reconcile and strengthen um the marriage so that's something that's an an um uh, a, a solution or option option that you can can consider if you want to uh if you're fighting for your marriage is to come up with a restoration plan and that person needs to agree to it sign it and say i'm willing to do these things to be reconciled to you and to come back into this ma- this covenant and to strengthen this marriage so get you know uh before you give up then try that you know uh, try go before god get your healing and come up with a restoration plan you're the one that designs it not that person and they have to agree to actually uh following that restoration plan and uh to strengthen the marriage and to actually build that trust again and if they're serious if the person is serious they will actually do just that um so we're going to bring uh, Arnita back are you still with us
1: Yes, I am. I was actually sitting here making some notes, listening to you while you talked. And it it really was a blessing. It really
0: Bless was. you. Bless you. Okay. So let's let's talk about um uh, how the audience can actually get connected with you because I really would like to see the listening audience for those who are listening live as well as those that are going to listen to the replay cuz we're going to put the we're going to put the replay back out there on um on uh Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, uh Pinterest, you know, all the social sites where they can re, where they can listen to the replay. So, please give them the contact information where they can get in contact with you as well as, you know, where they can actually um where they can go to purchase the book or any of your books.
1: Okay. Well, the first place that they can go to that's kind of central for me would be uh, my website and that's arnita l fields. And that's dot com. That's Arnita L Fields dot com, or they can email me at ArnitaFields at yahoo dot com.
0: Okay. All right. Give me the, give me the website again. Is www.
1: W. dot mm-hmm. fields at dot com. Excuse okay.
0: Me. All right. And so that's where they can go for um, the books and everything, right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay, and so um, tell us about any uh, special um, uh, promotions, special events, or projects that you're working on that you want the listening audience to know about.
1: Right now uh, I'm in the uh, publication process for a prayer journal to uh, to go with the After Affair the uh, book that I just finished. And so it's a prayer journal for people who actually are going and designed to go through the uh, restoration process. And it's just a prayer journal that they can go through and to write their thoughts and and to to read the Word of God and and to do some reflection as they go through the the restoration process because... And also just a a few other things that I'm working Mm -hmm. on um, in the uh, pre-production. So I have actually uh, three books that I'm working on um, for release this year. And so um, as soon as I can... um, you know, get, get yeah. the time to complete to, to them. They'll be busy.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, um, and, and we've had a lot of um, uh, uh, women have come on so far throughout, throughout this month, and mm-hmm. several of them have been authors. And, and so, as an author, you know, as someone a woman uh who may be listening who's thinking about becoming an author or maybe she's in the process of writing her first book, uh what are some uh words of encouragement you can give her to encourage her to keep pressing on, get it out?
1: Well the first thing um I would say is um just be true to the assignment that God's given you. Um he may not have you write, you know, a fiction book or He may have you do something nonfiction. So whatever he gives you to write, be true to that and to um, get online and do research and search out the type of books that other people are writing to kind of get an idea of how you should go along in the process. But the first thing is just be true to the assignment God has given you to do. That's the first main thing and so that you can have that passion and that drive to um, to to go forth in, in what he has called you to do because you can't be looking at someone else's uh, assignment and while you're trying to work on yours it's going to distract you
0: right it's yeah it sure will so before you start working on yours like she said go take a look at everybody else's I mean or look at some other things but when you get when you get when it's time to to do yours get focused you know and stay focused and uh, and so um, anything else that you want to share with us uh, before we go.
1: Oh, um, it was something that you said that really—I um, I actually wrote it down
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: when you mentioned uh, saying that if you decide to go through the um, the reconciliation process, you want to come out not as a scorned person but as a healed person. That is so—that that is so important um, in going through that um, restoration process because you don't want to look at everything that happened through your marriage and think of it as some type of tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. that happened. Or some kind of sign of defeat Because it's not um, And I wrote that is that Just look at it as a door of op- opportunity For you to get closer to God You know um, And to get closer to the Father and, and, and as you grow closer to God You can take what you're learning from the Lord And take it, pour that back into your own marriage. So just don't look at it as a sign of defeat And don't look at it as um, Coming out as a, a, a woman that's been scorned Or a man who has been scorned Because you know it happens on both sides of the fence, you know, um, going through adultery and those things. It's not just all men. A lot of women um, are actually um, committed as well. But just coming out not being bitter, but coming out to be better, that's really important.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's really about be- being better. Because if you don't, if she doesn't go through that healing process, I've seen people become angry at God because, they've been with uh, a spouse and uh, the spouse that commits the adultery, has the affair, and because they're not healed and uh maybe they're as I said, in one trying to in denial about it, don't want to deal with it, the person continues on and they're praying, God change my husband, he never changes, he continues with it, doing what he's doing and um the bitterness sets in the then uh before you know it, she's angry at God because in her mind, I can't fix him, so God, you know, she's trying to sit God on him, you know, like, go get him, you know, make him stop, make him change, you know, and and I've seen people pray, and I've seen uh, the man uh, come around, and because she's not healed... And she becomes scorned, and even with him repenting, giving his life to Christ, becoming a changed man, not doing it anymore, she's still scorned. And so it's even more hectic in the relationship because she feels like he owes her something. And so that's what I meant by you got to, as as Arnita, Arnita said earlier in the show, you must learn to forgive, even if they don't come back and apo- to apologize, because as long as you harbor that unforgiveness, you're gonna feel like that person is indebted to you; they owe you. Something. Something, and as long as we owe each other something in that spirit room like that, we'll never pay that debt off because you'll never be satisfied; they will never have paid enough for what you think they put you through, or what as you uh try to put a tag on uh what they put you through, they'll never be able to compensate you enough um uh to re- to repay you for the damaged emotions, the hurt, the pain you know, the frustration, the disappointment. They'll never be able to pay you. And if you're not careful uh, with that, you won't even want, you know, you're not really looking for repayment. You're just trying to control them. And so you, you will, you, that being scorned will turn into revenge and vindictiveness and meanness and hatefulness. And so you really not, won't be trying to, to to savage your marriage. You're trying to get back at them. And you're think, trying to control them. And having them say this, uh, having him say he's sorry a hundred and fifty times that you're in control. Well, that only lasts for a minute now, because people, you know, if they're genuine and sincere, they're only going to do it for so long, and then they're going to realize that you're not really sis- sincere about receiving their apology. That you're ma- that you're just using ju- using the apology thing, or uh, you know, trying to be vindictive or trying to control them, trying to make them pay you back. Nobody can never pay you for repay you for. Every drop of pain that they may have caused, and so that's why forgiveness is so important. You have to learn to um uh forgive and so uh any uh closing remarks, Anita what
1: you just said that that really hit home, and it really um really touched on something that I had wanted to share in regards mm-hmm. to covenant that we share with God and I just want to um leave this with um with your listeners. As far as our covenant relationship with God, you know, when God made covenant, you know, after the fall of man and he allowed for his son to become a living sacrifice for us, you know, that was without strings attached because God's love is unconditional. It has no strings attached to it. He just desires for us to have a relationship with him. And so the same thing is true with our marriages. You know, our marriage is an extension of our relationship with the Father. And so because we are the bride of Christ and how we love and how we communicate and how we are in relationship, even how we behave in our relationship with the Lord, that that residue falls down into our marriages. And so when our relationship with God is not, you know, um, um, in a place where uh, we should be and we're dr- pulling away from God, you know, some of those things trickle down into our own marriage. And so, our one-on-one relationship with God is really important. It's really important not just for a couple together to be in relationship with God, but as individuals that's extremely important because when issues and things come up in your marriage, you should be able to go into your prayer closet. You should be able to um, to, to go to God and say, God, do I need to fast, you know, for my spouse, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we want to, you know, pick at things and say, okay, let's do this, and, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that. But you should be able to have a relationship with God that's strong enough that you can go to God and say, God, what is your wisdom on this? How should I go about this? And so that's really important about having that one-on-one relationship with the Lord where we can go to God and to speak to God concerning um, the issues that may arise in our marriage because we don't have to share everything with everyone because a marriage covenant is sacred, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we should be able to to go to the Father because God designed both of us you know, and allow for you to be able to go forth and truly to, uh, to to talk to the Lord in regards to just keeping your marriage fresh and keeping your uh, marriage um, on point with the Lord.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, and there, and I guess we stated throughout this show, you know, there there are two things that I want to remind the listening audience of that will actually, you know, that can actually bring bring trouble to your marriage. And we we it's been said throughout the show maybe a little differently. But, you know, one is a lack of knowledge. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, people enter into marriage and they have a lack of knowledge. Number one, they don't know the purpose of marriage, as you just said, you know, God, our day marriage. They don't know the purpose of it. They don't know. Uh, they don't have the knowledge that they need. What, 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 what do I do as a wife? You know, what do I do as a husband? You know, so that's a lack of knowledge, you know, or erroneous thinking and erroneous knowledge that has been imparted into somebody and then they bring it into um, the marriage. And then then the the other thing that might um uh uh bring some um unnecessary trouble into it is when they allow unhappy people to come into a uh contaminate the marriage. And uh basically when you when you just mentioned the things you said, you know the word says the word says marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. You know, so uh, the bed is supposed to be between the ma- the man and the what the the husband and the wife. So when you go outside of your marriage for sexual uh, pleasure, you just defile that bed. And so when you come back with all of that, you've now contaminated the marriage because you're bringing back something that was never purposed to be in it. And so um, uh, it's so important, you know, uh, and and it goes back to um, uh, what you say, getting the help. You know that uh, that couples need, and I I notice that you um do seminars with your um you have seminars that you do with after the affair. Anita, are you still on? Yes, I'm still here.
1: I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I do. Actually, I started in the month of February, and I will be starting back again in the month of April. And it's a free seminar that I hold at the public library once a month. And it's uh, uh open to couples and to uh uh people who may be struggling um, with issues in their marriage and they're not comfortable with sharing that, you know, with, with mm-hmm. others in a a large arena and so just having a nice intimate setting that they can come to and to um to get some of their help and get freedom, you know, in their marriages, um after, after the affair.
0: Right. And so and so can they if somebody wanted you to what are some of the points uh in your seminar? Like do you do you have it? To, some of the points that you're covering, if they want to uh, have you come out, you know, maybe uh, could they go to the website and uh, their contact link, if they wanted you to come and do do your seminar in their uh, church or in their community library or, you know, uh, or wherever they want to hold the event, you know, Can uh, do you do that? Do you take it outside?
1: Yes, actually, I do plan to take it outside. Um, um, later on, on, later this year, I do have a, a, a a friend who desires for me to come to her city to do uh, after an affair uh, seminar for couples and so but yes they can just go to the website they can send me an email and I also have a blog for after the affair that they can actually connect to and um, they can just go to my website and there is a link at the top of the page and they click on that link and it's going to t- take me directly to that uh, blog site
0: Okay, okay. So just go to her website. For those of you who are interested in the um, After the Affair seminars coming to your area, you know, to your church uh to your area. Um those kind of uh and, and if you want access or want to purchase a copy of her book, be sure to go to the website for that as well. Check out read the blogs that um she does and then uh the prophetic writing that she has um out there and um and so we're just gonna leave you with um um uh I'm gonna leave you with two things. When you are going having some difficulties in your marriage, two things that you really, really, really want to stay away from. And then um, uh, I'm going to encourage you to actually uh, stay uh, connected to the word of God. You want to make sure that you when you're going through this, that you don't reject, you know, the wisdom of God's word. Don't reject the wisdom of God's word. I know sometimes when we're going through a lot of pain, you know, people come to us with scriptures and stuff and we don't, we, we the hurt is so bad. Sometimes we don't want to hear that, but that's what you need to hear. So don't reject God's word. Stay stay truly connected to God's word. It's painful and as hurtful as it might be, um, make sure that you stay connected to God's word. Um uh, but one of the the two areas that you want st- to make sure that you stay away from is that secret state, S T A T E secret. And what I mean by that is make sure that you are not isolating yourself um, and keeping everything on a hush-hush and a down low because you don't want anybody to know what you're going through. The enemy wants to isolate you where you're not around strong people, that you're not getting the help that you need. So you don't want to be in that secret state where you got in your house, got all the windows, all the po- The windows, doors closed, the curtains closed, it's dark inside, you're going into a state of depression, you know, you're you're wilding, as I said, if you will, so you don't want to be in a secret state, and then you don't want to be in um, a shame state. So don't stop fellowshipping with other believers, even if somebody knows what your spouse has done, this is not the time to... Let the spirit of shame come on you. If you made a decision that you're going to fight for your marriage, then you have to walk in confidence that your marriage can be healed, that you guys can be whole again, whole again, and that you can go forth and you can be victorious um, um, in this. And so uh, I want to encourage you to, you know, certain things require tough decisions. And so, there will be reconciliation in some situations in some situations there may not be any reconciliation because you have to do as she said earlier what's best for you what's going to take care of you? You are first it does it doesn't do any good to stay in a situation where you're being humiliated uh mistreated um, uh, um, mishandled ignored, so to speak uh it doesn't do any good when all of your you're emotionally drained. Uh, um, uh, psychologically drained, you find no way out and you find yourself in a state of depression, you can't function, you're in a fetal position, curled up, nobody can't get to you, that's not good. So don't let yourself get to that place. You got to cry out and you got to cry out to God, you got to cry out, God, send somebody who walks in a spirit of integrity, who walks in righteousness to help me in this process, because it is overwhelming and overbearing, the pain is too much for me to carry alone, and so you need somebody to help you. So, if that's where you are, ladies, make sure that you cry out for help, cry out to God, and reach out to people who are spiritually matured, spiritually strong, and especially those of us who have been uh, trained. As, as counselors, you know, professional counselors, we need more of them in the body of Christ. Or shall I say, we need more of them to come to the forefront. We have a lot of them in the body of Christ, but they're not functioning uh, in, the, in the spiritual room, if you will. So we need more of them to come to the forefront so that the people of God can get the help they need to go forward. You know, and so uh, if reconciliation is for you, pray and ask God how, you know, as she said, seek God. See God. Come up with a, rec- a reconciliation, a restoration plan and work it. Make it happen. Make it happen. Marriages can be restored. They can be healed again. And you can enjoy your spouse. You know, any anybody can make a mistake. And especially in this area, any area of life, you can make a bad decision, you know, and you have to be willing to repent, turn around. Turn from it and go forward. Get back in righteous standing with God and move on with it. So I want to thank you, Anita, for coming on the show. I'm so, um, glad, uh, that you came on. It's so nice to meet you. Um, uh, and so, uh, uh, I, I just I'm really excited and so I pray that your book will do great I don't know what the success of it has been but I, I really pray that it is even more successful as you go you know as you get it out there and as people hear about it go to your website that they'll purchase a copy of the book pray that the seminars that you are doing in your city will even be more fruitful and uh, as you plan for the in this year to branch out to launch out into some different territories to bring that teaching Uh, to the body of Christ as well as um, to communities and cities and states that everyone will hear what you're saying and they will fight uh, for um, uh, the reconciliation and fight for their marriages to be healed and to be strong. So I'm going to give you just a few seconds, a few minutes for closing remarks, and then we will close out in prayer.
1: Once again, Minister London, I want to thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience. It's really appreciative, and I just thank God for the opportunity for allowing me to step out of my comfort zone because I had shared my marriage testimony many years ago, but when the Lord wanted me to do something to help others to know that, yes, your marriage can be restored after an affair, yes, your marriage can be um, made whole and made new, And some of the things you talked about, about the counseling and and going through that process, we went through the process, and um, we're actually still going through the process. And I just thank God that he allowed for us even, you know, after only being married for a short time, we went through a three-year separation. But God brought us back together and restored us, and uh, we'll celebrate 16 years of marriage Mm -hmm. on this year. So I know that God is a healer, but we have to be open and receptive to God's healing. And bringing the deliverance Because a lot of times when we go through things And issues in our marriage It's not about us anyway It's about God Showing God's love Showing God's forgiveness And showing that God is a restorer. And so I just thank God for um, everything I've gone through um, Because all things do work together for good Whether I reconcile with my husband or not It was a a place for me to grow up You know, and to to mature in, in Christ And so I just thank God for the opportunity and allow for me to share a place that so many people don't like to talk about, you know, um, within the church and um, a lot of times people don't want to talk about that there is healing, there is restoration, there is deliverance, you know, and that God is a God of love. And because he's a God of love, that same love that he pours out in us on a daily basis, we can also extend that. Um, that, that love and, and that mercy to other people as well, just how much more so in our own households. And so I just thank God for what he is doing and, and thank him for bringing me out of, in my my comfort zone to um, begin to talk about some things that really need to be talked about. So thank you once again for the opportunity, and um, I look forward to what God is going to do in the days to come. And once again, thank you so very much.
0: You're welcome. Amen, amen. Once again, her website is www. Arnita L. Fields, A R N I T A L F I E L D S dot com. So make sure you go to her website. We'll post it several times throughout the day, um, on Facebook and all the social media sites as well as the replay. So if you know someone uh, a woman who's going through this situation, she's dealing with uh, um, uh, an affair uh, in her marriage, and she didn't get a chance to listen to um, this radio interview and teaching. Then I want to encourage you to, when we post a replay out there, or either you send it to Blog Talk Radio and tell her to look up the page, and under the on-demand section, you'll see it. And so, but we will post it periodically several times throughout the day, so that people who may be at work you know, maybe they're doing something with their kids right now this morning or whatever the case, and they just didn't get a chance to listen. So we will uh, post a replay strategically at certain hours throughout the day. So people at different times that they check their uh, Facebook page, will be able to, um, see it. And, um, click on it and listen to the replay and hear everything that we've said and glean something from it that will impact and change their lives and help bring restoration and healing uh, to their uh, marriages. And so thank you once again. This has been um, a great show, all of the shows so far as we celebrate women. We're doing the National uh, Women's History Month. We are celebrating women, and this has been the fourth radio show. And so um, I'm excited about it. And so we do have – all this week we have uh, radio shows and teleseminars coming up. So sometimes we have radio shows in the morning and then the teleseminar in the afternoon or in the evening. And so uh, that, I had to do that to get everybody in. So we have some people that will be on the radio show, some people who will be doing actually a teleseminar class uh, for us. And so thank you once again. our Minister Ginger London. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Ginger London Ministry Show. Today we had special guest Arnita Fields with us, author of of After the Affair, Emotional Healing God's Way. And so thank you, everyone, for listening, all of you who are in uh, the chat room as well as those that are listening by phone and those who are listening by Internet. uh, That's not in the chat room. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful day. Talk to you tomorrow.